Hello, and welcome to DoD Secure, the podcast discussing hard-hitting national industrial security program issues. We tackle security clearances, insider threat, classification, security training, and more. I am your host, security discipline and author and publisher, Jeff Bennett. This podcast is sponsored by SecurityClearanceDefenseLawyer.com and attorney Ron Sixtus. Ron consults in all area of security clearance concerns, and he can be reached by phone at 256-398-3316 or through his website. By Security First and Associates who provide FSO, CSSO consulting and training services. Hiring a full-time FSO can be expensive. A less expensive alternative is to use our managed security services. Our team of security professionals can help to minimize risk by assisting with many vital services from fingerprinting and background checks to DSS security vulnerability assessments. We also offer JPASS, FSO, and CSSO training. If you don't see the services you need, just ask. Security is our life. And by redbikepublishing.com, security resources and books. Get your copy of NISPOM and ITAR and training to download and present to cleared employees. Welcome to another episode of DOD Secure, the podcast that talks about security clearances and how to protect classified information. And happy 2020. I know some of you have made New Year's resolutions and hopefully maybe getting a security clearance is one of your New Year's resolutions or getting certification such as Industrial Security Professional or the ISOC, the Industrial Security Operation Certification or Industrial Security Official Certification. My apologies. Both sponsored by... um, great groups. One is the NCMS and the other one is the DOD. So if any one of those resolutions are your goals, we can help here at Red Bike Publishing. And the first start is listening to our podcast. The second start might be joining our newsletter, receiving our free ebook on security clearances and protecting classified information, both of which are available at redbikepublishing.com and if you go to the contact tab or any of our web pages at the bottom there's a form you can fill out and once you fill out that form you'll get that ebook additionally um, we've got training and products available to help you get that security clearance and once you have it help you maintain your security clearance with the required training well last time we talked We spoke about uh, security clearances in one podcast episode. We talked about how security clearances were tied into a clear defense contractor's ability to work on classified contracts and a security clearance for employees is called a personnel clearance and it's tied to a defense contractor. So you can get security clearance as a reminder one of two ways. You can start your own company and get a facility clearance and be cleared under that facility clearance. Or you can be an employee with mad skills and 
get hired perform, to perform on classified contracts. Well, got some other good news. Um, I haven't received any feedback on this podcast, but even though the content might be tight, my presentation is not, so I'm kind of winging it here. But I plan on going to a podcast convention, and that's going to be held in March. And I applied for and received a scholarship to go to that convention. All I had to do is pay, take care of my transportation and my hotel stay. And I hope I, to be able to go to get new content or new capabilities, new technical skills, and come out with a much higher quality and more entertaining podcast. Until then, you get little old me, the average guy, trying to put out some good information to, uh, for you. Well, again, today's podcast is about drug use and security clearance. I actually get questions and I read questions also about people wondering if they have in their past life or currently ever used drugs and if so, can they get a security clearance? And this podcast is going to be a little bit more specific. It's going to be about marijuana use. We might talk about dabbling in marijuana stock. I'm not quite sure, but let's just lump drug use into what we talk about here with marijuana use. Both uh, drugs, no matter what kind, if they're abused, always looks unfavorable. However, it can be mitigated through the adjudication process. So the answer is, can I get a security clearance if I use drugs or if I have used drugs? And, well, the answer is, it depends. And this is kind of a lively topic because, hey, what happens if you live in California or Oregon or Colorado, I meant to say. I'm not sure which states. But, you know, where the states make it legal for you to purchase and use marijuana. Back in the day and in some places, there was stigma attached to using marijuana or buying it. You had to meet somebody in a dark alley and make the trade incognito. Or you had a stoner friend that brought it by, and so you could score for your party or personal use. And now, with states legalizing drugs, there's less stigma attached. You can go to a store and purchase marijuana for personal reasons. You can also be given marijuana prescribed um, for medical use. So, it's a little bit more complicated, isn't it? Or is it? Um, again, gone are the days of, of many places doing marijuana in secret. And now people are doing it more open. And perhaps, I don't know yet, I'm still doing research on it. Maybe more people are using marijuana because it is legal in some states. So this is where I believe the security clearance can be clarified concerning drug use. The use of drugs, or marijuana specifically, can be clarified this way. Even though drug use, or marijuana use, the sale and use of marijuana is legal in some states, it's still not legal federally. And this is where the adjudicators and investigators will make their decisions. 
they'll base it on national law. So even though states have legalized the use of marijuana, um, even medical marijuana, where national security is concerned, marijuana and the abuse of legal and illicit drugs for any reason can be cause for denial under the security clearance. So that's how we'll handle this. Again, I might remind you that people who determine whether or not they will grant a security clearance based on risky behavior are called adjudicators. They receive the investigator's findings and they adjudicate those findings based on the whole person concept, meaning what activities triggered a negative response or triggered a concern or a red flag or a risk factor. And looking at the whole person, what can the adjudicators look at that can seemingly reduce that person's risk? For example, concerning marijuana use, if somebody used marijuana in the past, some of the adjudicating factors could be how long ago it was, why they used marijuana, and what their opinions about marijuana are now. And so we'll look at a few cases of marijuana use and whether or not in these cases the person received the clearance. So let's begin. Let's take a look at this. The first case is I called self-medicating. And this is where an applicant applied for a security clearance but was denied. And the reason was they self-medicated. They determined that they needed marijuana to treat whatever ailment they had. It wasn't a doctor's subscription. It was what they thought appropriate at the time. The applicant experienced back pain for a significant length of time, and he prescribed himself marijuana used to ease that pain. However, um, his marijuana use came to light after he failed a drug test. Now, ladies and gentlemen, um, what do you think triggered that drug test? Was it the fact that he was going to get a security clearance? Or was it the fact that he had a security clearance? Ding, ding, ding. If you said neither, then you are correct. Many times... People who have security clearances or are going for a security clearance don't usually get drug tested. Just depends on the job. Many people go years without getting tested for drugs. However, where the drug test usually takes place is when an applicant gets a new job or perhaps a security clearance for the first time in regards to the new job because HR will usually send them to get a drug test as part of the job requirement. Well, this person had self-medicated themselves for their backache and they had a drug test as a result of an accident they had at work. Yes, it was an OSHA requirement, Occupational Safety and Health Agency requirement, when somebody's injured on the job, one of the requirements is to take a drug test. So now he's applying for security clearance, and guess what? Yeah, you have to put um, any kind of interaction with the law, 
or any kind of evidence or facts that you have used marijuana. That goes right there on the SF-86 because this is a documented record of drug use and a positive result during a drug test. That person tested positive for marijuana. Now, after he got in trouble for marijuana, he went and sought counseling. I imagine it was a work requirement so that he would not lose his job. So even though he kept his job, he had to go to counseling as part of that um, requirement to keep his job. And however, when the drug ruled um, against him having a security clearance, he tried to argue that, no, judge, I took up counseling as a result of that drug test, and so therefore my drug use should be mitigated. But the drug found that um, even though he went to counseling, it was only because he had to um, do so to keep his job. It wasn't a self-referral, and it wasn't to try to get better. Matter of fact, judge ruled also that the only reason the drug use came to light was because of an accident that was probably caused by the drug use. So the applicant only stopped using drug because his use was discovered during a drug test, and his rehab was only conducted because it was part of the job and not a self-referral. So the judge's findings were supported by the guidance that they were given that says any doubt concerning personnel being considered for national security eligibility will be resolved in favor of national security. So the judge ruled that this person was high risk. His behavior was high risk, and therefore we could not um, grant him a security clearance to give him access to classified information. It's just too risky. Now let's take out another cage case. This case I called culturally savvy. An applicant stated that his marijuana use was part of his culture, even though he had been in possession of a security clearance. Wait, wait, what? He had a security clearance and he was using marijuana? Part of his culture? Now that is a bold statement. And how do you think the judge ruled during this security clearance reinvestigation? Uh, I would say against them. Let's read further. However, the applicant stated that he had decided to discontinue the use of marijuana as a personal choice and should be granted the clearance. The applicant stated that the judge should understand that he thought he had the right to use drugs and he had decided to abstain from that drug use as a deliberate effort to serve the United States. However, the judge disagreed and his clearance was revoked. Now, the judge disagreed, even though the applicant said he stopped his drug use, it was a conscious effort. There wasn't enough mitigation there. There was too much evidence of the, of the person using drug, drugs on a regular basis and having the attitude that it was his right to use drugs because it was his culture. I guess you can determine your own culture. But when you are part of the National Industrial Security Program and you have a security clearance, you've got to get a new culture. You've got to get a culture of respect, of honor, of doing the right thing, and yes, saying no to yourself and serving the needs of your nation. 
Now, a security clearance is there, again, as a judgment because the judge has a say, without a doubt, concerning personnel being considered for national security clearances. His eligibility will be resolved in favor of national security, so his clearance was revoked, and he probably lost his job, I would guarantee, because he did not have a security clearance anymore. So, let's look at another case, which I call, I didn't think it was significant. All right, an, an applicant filling out his SF-86 National Agency Questionnaire when he understood the full extent of his drug use. He purchased drugs, he sold drugs, and he falsely stated that his infrequent use of marijuana was, I guess, just that, just infrequent. He wrote on his SF-86 um, that he had infrequent drug use and that it happened a long time ago. However, though he stated it on his SF-86 or his application, during the course of several interviews with investigators, he stated that he indeed used marijuana more frequently and over a longer period of time. Wow, that's going to be hard to adjudicate. How do you adjudicate lying on your SF-86? Not only did it have a problem with drug use for an extended period of time, but he purposefully misled people while he filled out that paper. Guys, be careful when you fill out your SF-86. Be honest. Be as thorough as possible and be as complete as possible. Now, if you think it's going to raise a red flag, you can seek counsel and get uh, a lawyer to help you fill out the SF-86 honestly. And that lawyer will work with you. And um, one of our sponsors, Ron Sixtus, is a lawyer that helps with the application process. And you can find him on our website, redbikepublishing.com, in the Sponsors tab. You can also email me at editor at redbikepublishing.com, and I'll make sure you get his contact information. Now, back to the case. He lied about um, his drug use, but then when it came to an interview with investigators, um, he, he became a little bit more honest. It was that he had um, taken drugs over a period of years, and even up until a few days before his final interview. That is pretty significant. He took drugs while he was filling out his application throughout the investigation process and right before the final interview. Let's find out why he did it. His rationale was that he did not disclose his more extensive drug because he felt there was much less significant than his other past issues. Oh, I'm only writing right now or speaking about his drug use. What are his past issues that would be more serious than drug use? I need to go back and investigate this case further. Any point, he thought his stuff was worse and that if he could just get past that, they might just overlook his drug usage. Hmm. Additional considerations included use of mind-altering mushrooms and the sale and purchase of other drugs. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, was his security clearance denied or, or, or granted? If you've been paying attention, you know that that clearance would have been denied. So you might be asking, what can I do to mitigate any drug usage? Well, let's look at our last case, and I call it risk mitigated. This is where an applicant did use drugs and 
for some reasons he was able to mitigate, we'll look at reasons why the adjudicator granted a security clearance in this situation. So we've got a person who says that they use drugs on their SF-86 during their application and during the interview process. An applicant used cocaine on a number of occasions and four additional times 10 years later. However, since that time, three years have passed since his last use. So he's got his history of drug use, used it many times over many, many years. However, it had been three years since his last drug use. And over the past 10 years, he had used it maybe four times. He states that he will never use cocaine again, and I imagine that means all other drugs as well. And since he quit using drugs, he's received many accolades from his peers, his co-workers, and his bosses. And um, many people stood up and said they know him well and have vouched for his reliability, his integrity, and his honesty. As a matter of fact, he'd received counseling for his drug use and has otherwise sufficiently dis demonstrated that his drug use was in the past and that he would never use it again. And therefore, his security clearance was granted. So what's the difference here? Other people went to counseling, but other people did it for the wrong reasons. If So if you break down this last applicant whose clearance was granted, he used harder drugs. He used cocaine. The other people used marijuana. But his drug use was so far in the past, he indeed seemed repentant of that drug use. It had been three years since the last time he used. And he checked himself into counseling. Now, one thing about counseling is you, when you check yourself into counseling, you should have records of that counseling. You should have recommendations from the doctor who you went to see for counseling and evidence that you have performed, you know, what the doctor wanted you to do to complete that counseling. Many times people have gone to counseling, but they have never completed their counseling and they just stopped going and their security clearances were denied. But in this case, uh, the applicant had done all the right things. He also went the extra mile of going around and getting referrals and recommendations from friends and coworkers. Um, they were able to speak up for his character, and they said, yeah, indeed, he had used drugs in the past, but since I've known this person, he seemed reliable, and he is definitely somebody that you should give a security clearance to. So in this case, uh, the adjudicator had no problem granting a security clearance. So to answer the question, I've used drugs before, can I still get a security clearance? The answer is, it depends, and yes, it is possible. So we'll look at other of the 13 adjudicated criteria. This was adjudication number H, drug use, and we'll look at some other ones in the future. If you have any questions about this topic, any other topics, please send them to... Um, editor at redbikepublishing.com. We'd love recommendations. We'd love to have um, other people to interview. So if you have somebody that you can recommend or if you yourself would like to be interviewed as a subject matter expert, let us know. 
If you want more details about security clearances and drug uses, consider getting our book, The Insider Guide, Insider's Guide to Security Clearance, found exclusively at redbikepublishing.com and amazon.com. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining DOD Secure, the podcast that talks about security clearances and protecting classified information according to the NISPOM. For more information, visit us at dodsecure.com or email us at editor at redbikepublishing.com. We would again like to thank our sponsors, securityclearancedefenselawyer.com and Security First and Associates at www.securityfirstassociates.com.